we've moved moved on to episode ten. Okay, so we decided we're gonna do a two uh, a, a two episode night, which editing wise, this is. I'm actually pretty happy with where, where this is story wise for our tenth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this has got to be something a little more special. Oh my! Oh my! How you said that? <laughs> what are Why you talking you about, that? John? <laughs> oh, you're gonna kill us all, aren't you? Well, it was good knowing I'm... everyone. Quill, it will be replaced by definitely not Quill. Quill had a Quill had a good run. <laughs> I had no, a backstory uh, episode. You can't do me like this. Story is going to be replaced by somebody who can talk. So. All right. So those of us who are still watching, which I don't think there's really anyone watching right now. Uh, I think we've had a few people pop in and out. But the more important thing. So uh, this last episode our players kind of laid this not-so-elaborate plan. <laughs> An hour coming up with a roughly... It, it was a good plan. It's not elaborate, though. No, like it's, it's pretty simple. Because it's D&D, and we knew that it wasn't going to work. Do you know, though, that it's not going to work, or do you think it's going to work exceptionally well? No. No plan exists beyond initial engagement. <laughs> and that, that exists in real life and in D&D. <laughs> that's, why, that's why when I ran games, combat was more uh, a suggestion <laughs> to me than something I planned. <laughs> So those of us that are joining, we're starting episode 10, Things Happened. That's the title of this episode. My name is Steve. I'm the GM. I am running this show. You can find me on Twitter at Jeshek1 or more commonly at Uber Geek Media as I poke, prod, and make uncomfortable comments towards people who are needlessly conservative. And then we'll go to Mark. Just to switch things up. Yeah. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm playing the Dragonborn Sorcerer named Zigrit. And uh, you can find me here on this podcast slash Twitch stream. Then we're going to go to Anne. I'm Anne. I play Story, the Kenku Rogue. You can find me at Crafty Heathen on Twitter, the Crafty Heathen on Instagram. And I totally check that more than every Friday. Totally. John? I was going for the visual bit, and I just couldn't keep it together. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm John. I play, <laughs> I play Quill the Tabaxi Wizard. And you can find me at Seasonal Bard on places like Twitter or Seasonal Bard on Twitch when I stream. And I go by he, him. To recap, I'm going to put this all on John for this time. And then oh, yeah. I think next time I'll have Anne do it. Because Mark so eloquently did it twice this episode. I feel like he deserves a respite. I'm going to remind you that I have a short-term memory disability. But you take such good notes. The problem is I haven't taken any because all we've done is this plan. So I have a picture. I have 
Is your a building? I have a building. So now you're prepped, and you can take really good notes this time, right? Stab, 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 stab. Exciting experience. Stab, 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 stab. (laughs) Last time, the long and short of it, we talked with Benjamin about our plan. He sent an acolyte to go lure Sir Gammon out from the keep, which apparently worked. We went and set up shop in the Smiths, waiting for our plan to come to fruition, though we kind of loosely worked out how we're going to do that within a certain metric of potential failure. Uh, Gammon came. Quill talked to them briefly and lured them out into the forge area of the Smith shop, and that's kind of just where we are now. Though it looks like Benjamin's about to bring the pain. How close am I to behind the religious guy? I mean, you jump down, so I would say with you're, you're within about 15 feet. Can I get to him and grab the, like, grab the mace and, like, put my hand on him so he knows it's me? So he doesn't bring it down on? You always stop episodes right as I'm about to. Violet. It's very annoying. It's it's like those cliffhangers are meant to disrupt my players so they're not on their best footing. Yeah, you can you can try. Technically, I think that would be a grapple check. Well, hold on. Didn't the last episode end with the mace getting raised up in the air over the back of Sir Gammon's head? Yes. But not coming down yet. Ah, okay. That's what I'm trying to stop. If we if we're going for straight up mechanics, technically speaking, I'm not going to go after the mace if he's going to like we can't hide a hit. And let me just check here because I'm having to swap through two different characters. Benjamin activates violence. Ooh, okay. So Benjamin would hit Sir Gamut in the back with his mace for six points of damage. So yeah, at the point where Story realizes that she can't stop it, she's going to go after Gammon. Sir Gammon is completely blindsided by this. No one really had anything prepared except for we had this fog that was technically done up. So I I guess technically we would have like a surprise round on Sir Gammon. But Sir Benjamin kind of led things off a little early. So let's all roll initiative. 20. Not a natural. Just 20. I got 18. Ziggurat takes his turn as being like, there's fog. Great. (laughs) I'm out of the fog. Yeah, but can you see in now? Yeah, I I cast the fog elsewhere where the two guards were posted at the front of the store. And it the fog only reaches twenty feet, so I can oh, see you. There's no fog in the back. It's it's just to cover off the, the visibility of the guards that we're following. Where are the guards? Come on, focus, focus. Where are the guards? They would be out front of the shop. Okay, so there's nothing here. Right. Yeah, that's kind of an open space. If Sir Gammon yells, yeah, which is what I'm trying to stop. There might be problems. Perhaps. We'll find out. Mayhaps. Depends on who goes first. So, Ziggurat 
actually goes first. I'm concentrating on fog cloud, but the only like I can't, I just can't count, cast another concentration spell, and then I have to take a DC 10 concentration check whenever I'm hit. I'm actually going to run up in there, and um, I have a quarter staff. I don't know. I guess how far am I away? We'll say you're about thirty feet away. So you, you, with one move action, you could make it to Sir Gammon. Okay, we're going to strike the quarterstaff because I forgot about this. We're going to do a crossbow. It's like action is happening, and the plan is to take Gammon down. So I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stay where I'm at because I feel like from my vantage point, if anybody comes running around the corner, I'll get the jump on them. So from my vantage point, about 30 feet away, like you say, I'm going to take a ranged attack. Did you have your crossbow out already? I didn't. Uh, I had it with me, but I don't think in 5e there's a penalty for pulling a weapon out of your pocket. I think it's a free action to to draw. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 11 on my uh, hit DC. That is a myth. So Sir Gammon, he hears this hiss and he just kind of jerks away from it. And this bolt just flies by his head. All Ziggurat's going to do then, actually as my bonus action, I'm going to convert. I, I have uh, three sorcery points, I believe. I'm going to convert two of them to gain a spell slot back as my bonus action. Okay, next would be Quill. Well, seeing that violence is active... Uh... I guess it's time for Ray of Frost. As I, I don't want to use my other spells and potentially hurt people I, I don't want to hurt. So you're kind of deeper in the forge, so you're kind of casting back towards the shop, as it were. Back towards Sir Damon. And Sir Benjamin. Does it only hit one person? Frost only hits one person, just the cantrip. Yeah. Remember, we're, we're lined up. Uh, do you still want me to roll at disadvantage? You have your lizard out, don't you? You have my lizard out. No, you're fine then. Is a 22 total to hit? You definitely hit. It's six damage of cold. Sir Gammon, he gets this ray of frost. It clearly affects him. Visibly jolt. And then it is Story's turn. I'm going to hit him with daggers. I'm going to run in front of him and hit him in the face so he doesn't yell. 25 to hit? Holy shit. Yes, you... And do I get sneak? You should be flanking with Sir Benjamin, so yeah. You would get stealth for that. Okay, so I don't know how to do this. So I do the damage on here first. Plus... Yep. Sneak attack, which I have no idea how that works. In nine. It's just a separate dice. Oh, cool. Yeah, you just add a, what is it, 1d6 per... For nine damage. Nine damage. Sir Gammon drops. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have my, uh, my uh, bonus action and I can hit him with the other dagger, but if he's down, we're good. So he drops. He's at negative one hit point. <laughs> Is he... Ziggurat's far away, so I'm, I'm actually, like... I see him drop, but I'm like, well, there's the other gods there, so I'm just gonna sit tight, and hopefully, maybe he's not dead. So, I mean, like, technically speaking, he has not even had a chance to yell out. <laughs> no, that's what we're trying to prevent. And as he drops, 
Story does this to Benjamin. Fuck. Technically speaking, Sir Gammon is incapacitated. Right? He's not dead. Technically. If we hit him twice, he's gone. Uh, Friar Benjamin looks down at him and he just looks cold, just stony faced. Looks down at Sir Gammon and says, may your sins burn away under Paylor's gaze. And he comes down with his mace right onto Sir Gammon's head. Ziggurat shouts, no! Oh, no. <laughs> he had to. Huh? It's what Ziggurat did. <laughs> Sword's brain just explodes because, like, the fuck? We were told not to kill him and to be quiet. And let's, let's do a perception check for just a second here. Thank goodness I'm not in the splash zone. <laughs> I am. But I wear dark colors for a reason. 18. Uh, 20 total. Exception. <laughs> 12. Quill and Zigrit, both of you, for just a split second, see a flash off of the symbol of the sun Friar Benjamin wears around his neck. And you see his eyes blaze with the fire of the sun. And he just BAM! Crushes Sir Gammon's skull. So yeah, Ziggurat shouts uh, no as he's doing that, but sees the flash. And I'm going to stay put where I am and just kind of like lean up against the, the well and be like, oh, we have to get out of here. This hotel's going to be after us. So there's like the one more second of the fuck? religious dude and story goes and grabs quill and and like we gotta go like no do another perception roll for me 11 uh five straight across the middle you know something bad has happened sir benjamin is just standing there with this bloodied mace staring down at the corpse of sir gammon and you just see this blazing fury in his eyes. That's for every person that you let die that I could have saved. And he's just standing there and he's his shoulders and chest are just heaving. And you can just see there's just this raw emotion on his face. And you just see blood and brains and ichor just dripping from his mate. And you can hear shouting from outside the front of the shop. This, this story like grabs onto Quill. He he pulls like as best as he can, he pulls out of her grip and like goes for his bag to grab the real ledger out. And probably quicker than anybody's seen Quill move. Using that sweet cat's uh, cat's grace, he uh, puts the ledger in Benjamin's hand, and then he starts booking it. Well, I suppose the, as quick as they saw Quill run out of the Heinrich shop, <laughs> it's probably accurate. So, story, I'm going to have you roll with advantage, and let's just do a stealth. 
Because you're going to be leading Quill and Zigrit and Friar Benjamin away from the scene of this situation. With us? Okay, that's good. Self with advantage. I don't know how to do it on the app, so I'm just going to roll it twice. That's fine. Um, right click on the skill you desire to use. There's yep. no right click. There's what? I think if you hold, like if you tap on it and hold. Oh, there we go. Cool. I know things sometimes. Uh, Mostly when alcohol's involved. 14. I like real dice. They roll better for me. Wow. That was with advantage. Yeah. Wow. But somehow, even though there's a few stumbles along the way, because you're, I mean, you're kind of grabbing and hauling out these three idiots. Through fog. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm a few steps behind. I, I don't know if I would have needed to get grabbed. They just started running and I might be like 20 feet behind them. I'll pull them to rear. Just given this situation, stories like mm. yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. grabs, grabs, runs, you react and move. Mm-hmm. And despite not being the most graceful between all four of you, you hear shouting behind you, but you don't hear sounds of pursuit. Like, they knew that there were four people, but they don't know where they are. You just hear shouting. You can't tell that they're looking for four people or anything like that. You just hear shouting. As you're running, Benjamin says nothing. Story, as you grab his arm, he's just shaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going, we're going to the Abbey, that sanctuary. So mm-hmm. whatever I need to do to get my guys there. The sun's going down. It's a little dim, but you can just feel Benjamin shaking. What color are his robes? Yellow and orange. Cool. So as soon as we have a moment, I'm getting them dirty and then we're going to continue. Or if we're going to the Abbey, we could just have him change out of the robes when we get there. Yes, but we need to get to the Abbey. Oh, I see. And we can't go up. Yeah. We can't go across the the. And he is clearly oh, sure. bloodied. Okay. I mean, yeah. whatever needs to be dark is getting dark, and then continue with the "follow me, do as I do" type motions. So you guys make it to the abbey. It's quiet. The, most of the the acolytes have kind of turned in for the night. There's a few that are kind of standing vigil at a few of the altars in the chapel. Dory, you remember where Benjamin's room was because you've been there before you guys pull him into there the acolytes kind of glance sideways at you but don't really say anything what do you guys do once you're in benjamin's room i imagine you kind of shut the the door yeah i mean we would have made sure that the door to the abbey is shut ziggert grabs the mace out of uh, Fire Benjamin's hands and goes eh, we need to do something with this look I think the plan here is that uh, we weren't the ones who set up the meeting in fact Fire Benjamin wasn't the one who set up the meeting it was Thomas who set up the meeting no no Ziggert it doesn't matter Benjamin was seen walking into the smithy <sighs> Gammon Gammon is dead Benjamin is gone <sighs> Is Friar Benjamin reacting to anything? Friar Benjamin, at this point, he's just looking at his mace. 
And Ziggurat, you said you took it from his hand, and he's just staring at it. No, the people will know. Yeah. All right. You have the ledger, Benjamin. You have everything you need should people ask why Gammon is to blame. It would have been better if he was alive to confess, but I cannot say that I'm sad at his death. There still is the matter of Thomas. I expect Thomas is long gone from Hightower. Dory, what is it? Friar, you need to clean up, and you need to look through this evidence, and you need to prepare to present it to the people. Now, we don't, we, we can freak out later. Right. right now. Totally, we can all freak out together. But you just disappeared from a crime scene of an elite. We have the evidence. We have all of that. You need to clean yourself up. We can freak out later. You say that, and this steely resolve comes across Friar Benjamin's face. Zigrit, he grabs the mace from your hands. Oh, shoot. No. I am tired of these gentrified assholes being in charge of my people and them dying without my knowing. Oh, shit. Because no more! You plan on taking the old town guard then, eh? Can't do that. Don't have enough people. And he turns, and he opens the door, and he is splattered with blood and brains. Acolytes! Ring the chapel bell! Oh, shit. You are going to wolf, mate. We were looking for a book, and we ended up going to war. <laughs> and you see acolytes, you see acolytes scrambling. Story writes down and leans over to Ziggurat and goes, "I bet we could get the jam now." <laughs> I'll bet we could. I'll bet we could. New mission: get the jam. I'm more scared. Whatever the hell that thing was, and a war. Just moments later. You hear this loud clanging from the chapel bell, and people start coming out of their homes. And you see Friar Benjamin emerge from the chapel, and just from his back, his mace is in one hand, still bloodied, and he holds his symbol of Paler up in the air. People of Hightower! Gammon is no more! He has paid for his crimes against you. Now, all of those from the capital must pay the price. Come now with me, flock. And he starts walking towards the cliff face where the barracks are. His acolytes follow, and you see a crowd of townsfolk behind him. A long, protracted sigh from Quill. <laughs> Ziggurat kind of catches up to Friar Benjamin and says, you forgot to mention the whole part where uh, Sir Gammon's part of the Black Hand. Um, 
Maybe that's something that'll come up later, but just don't forget it. Uh, Dory leans over to the lizard and shows the lizard the the the, the series of notes that but we could go get the jam now. War makes a great distraction. As Benjamin turns towards you, Zigrid, I want you to do another perception check. Ooh, seven. We're a little stressed, okay? You don't notice anything outwardly different about him, but his voice seems amplified as he turns to you. It is not forgotten. I understood, mate. (laughs) Story goes up to Ziggurat and kind of like, does that, no, we're, this is not. We're not marching off to, uh, you want to go? No, we follow. You're right. We we don't join. We don't. We follow. The jam. Let's go. Quill! Quill Quill sees all this this huge crowd and the two of them following after and he kind of turns momentarily and has the lizard look at the town gate and the wall and then he slips and he walks after the crowd. (laughs) Ziggert like glances back looking for Quill and kind of sees him and the lizard standing towards the gate and just says, Quill, we're in it now, mate. Let's go. I try to keep them behind, like, we're following, we're gonna try to go get the jam, but, um, we're not, there's something, we're, this is, we're squishy. Yeah. So, story, as you're kind of, like, trying to organize and instill some common sense into these two magic-using idiots with you, could you roll another perception for me? I can. I could try real hard. Really? Ten. I'm literally hurting a cat okay. and a dragon. That's that's actually enough for this. Oh my God. In front of you, in the crowd, you see a child. Fucking. I sign at the child. I'm trying, okay? I'm trying. Now... Up to this point, you haven't seen any of the townspeople outside of Maud that understood any of your signing. But she figures it's a creepy godchild. But this one, for just a moment, a shadow comes over its eyes. And it signs back to you. It starts. Beware. Our end starts now story's also writing this down for her guys but Anne is writing it down for later quill is not dumb he's just realizing how entirely out of control this has spun so quickly and how very very bad things are now yeah zinger's not unintelligent he's just slightly above average probably doesn't rank anywhere near quill yes but y'all street smarts are zero no but charisma Zigrid's charming as hell. Quill knows this is the perfect opportunity for us to get what we need. But he also is like, oh god, what have we just done? (laughs) This is bad. As you guys are walking, a change starts coming over Benjamin. He walks with more authority and he just seems to stand out more and more in the crowd 
as he walks. And it's it's like this, you can't even pinpoint it, but it's like this righteous anger and authority. And it's otherworldly. The level of offense that he has seen just it's spurring him on. And Quill, you for some reason you can feel it. This palpable presence is coming more and more onto him. The closer to the cliff face you get, the stronger this impending feeling is. And I'm going to have you all, as you reach the cliff face and this closed door to the barracks, I want you all to do another perception check for me. Six. Eighteen. Um, so while we're walking behind and uh, like trying to figure out a plan, Story makes a to-do list, get Jam, say bye to Maud, get away from crazy religious zealots, and shows it to her. <laughs> Can you all do a religion check for me? Quill, Quill like, nods slowly at, uh, at Story. <laughs> 14 on that religion check for Ziggurat. Oh, come on. It was on a 19. I got a four. You know what does that just to tease you, right? It knows. It knows this is important. And it's like, nope, this is this is my curse. And if you have nothing in there, you could do an intelligence roll. 17. So story. You remember some of the other Kenku in your village talking about avatars of the gods as the Kenku lost their voice and you look at Benjamin and you see this increased presence and you look at the symbol of Paylor on it that he's holding and then you see it reflected in his eyes and it's slowly just filling his eyes with this golden blazing hue and you can feel the presence of Palor, this heat, this hot, palpable presence of Palor filling this crowd. And it's emanating from Friar Benjamin. And it's this righteous indignation and anger that's directed at the keep. And you can just feel the presence of the divine through Benjamin kind of seeping out into the crowd. And you can tell it's kind of spurring them on. And they start battering at the door into the cliffs towards the barracks. Fort Hightower is a it's not as big as it once was, but it there's still like almost all of the people. And like you can't see like any no- one notable like Maud in the crowd, but all of the people you know in Fort Hightower, aside from a few notable exceptions, are there, and they're all just like really battering down this door into the barracks, and you can hear shouting inside. So I write down: Friar Benjamin has become a meat popsicle, meat puppet. Uh, that's Paylor now. Oh, well, yes, if I was doubting the presence of the gods before, 
Uh, I don't have much left to doubt anymore. Sorry, right sound. Yeah, I'm an atheist by indignation, not because they don't exist. Right. And then she points out the to-do list. The gym. And then not get killed by gods. <laughs> yeah, that's the next one. Don't get in between crazy religious cult and other crazy religious cult. Underline. Probably got blood on her too, so she's going to highlight it in red. Mm, squish that brain out. <laughs> just, she just like swipes a little bit of blood <laughs> off her shoulder and just underlines it. A little chunk of brain that she has to flick off, you know. Just see a crowd kind of battering at the door, and Benjamin walks up to it. He's holding his mace kind of behind him, and suddenly it just glows with this red hot fury, and he just bashes into the door, and it just explodes into these fiery chunks. And you hear yelling from inside from the guards. People just start pouring in and chaos ensues. What do you guys do? Oh, we need to get in the... We need to go yep. find the jam. Yeah, try to make our way and cut through the crowd and um, get to the, the path up to presumably uh, Gammon's office or his quarters. As you all press in, there is quite a crowd. I mean... Like I said, Hightower is not the town it once was, but it, like there's still a lot of people here. And the majority of them are basically rioting. They're tearing things apart. They're in the barracks. They're overwhelming the couple of hundred guards in the garrison. I think at this point it's, a, it's, a, it's revolting, not... Yeah, that's fair. Uprising. Yeah, they're uprising. Yes. As you walk through the barracks... You see guards being pulled down to the ground. Some of them are running. Some of the guards, oddly enough, seem to have turned and are turning against their fellow guards. But through this all, you see Friar Benjamin as this ocean of calm around him. Like, there is probably a 15-foot radius around him that is just as soon as people run towards him, they, like, shy away. He is unerringly heading towards the back of the barracks to the steps that lead up into the cliff face. And there are several doors that lead up, but he seems to know where he's going. And he is walking with this almost dreadful purpose. And you do happen to see one guard that seems to break through this kind of barrier around him. And Benjamin just bats him away with the mace. And he just gets smashed against the stone wall next to him. And he slumps down. And you just see kind of this bloody streak on the wall where he was. Heading up this stairwell. Now you have a choice. You can choose. You see probably two other doors that lead up into the cliff face, or you can follow Friar Benjamin, or you can try to help the townsfolk, or you can try to help some of the guards. 
Oh, we're not helping the guards. They help the guards and the party split. Yeah, I'm uh I'm following Cryer Benjamin because he's hearing the weight of the jam. <laughs> Why stealth when he got like a new pointing things out to the guys like, oh look, that guard, good. Yeah, he's he's on our side, that's good. I, I, and Ziggurat's gonna explain to Quill too, like I right, Quill. Um looks like uh friend there is leading the way for us to get to the jam. Um, there's a lot of people trying to get to him, and he's crushing them. Why don't we just stay close, and we'll get some jam. Quill uses the lizard to kind of, like, assess what's going on around him. Yeah, best not involve ourselves in this. It's not... I'm happy not to. Like, story's not... Like, if people are close to her, she's not gonna just be like, no, y'all, no. Somebody comes at her or somebody like one of the guards has like a little bit of a over one of the the um townspeople she's gonna like trip him or something but nothing that like breaks her stride too much i I feel like quill's aligned the same like there's going to be people dying around him and he's not really caring too much because that's not really where his morality is his morality is in uh more greater good type magic cult Versus a god. Story's not in that. That's not her jam, so to say. Uh, nice. But, like, people are people. Nice. Like, how's people? Like, yeah, because, you know, that, that's part of the bourgeois. Yeah, I, I totally see Story, like, rooting for the underdog here. <laughs> well, was underdog, now unstoppable crushing force. Now god, but, you know, the, the townspeople are not gods. So, you know, you need to trip a guard yeah. or, like... Quill Quill doesn't want to involve himself because we need to get something here and helping either side is just going to create confusion more so than if we just move through and when we've gotten what we need, if we come, like, if we come back this way, then we can do what needs to do be done to help. As I said, nothing that breaks her stride. You know, you can trip a guard, trip guard. You follow Friar Benjamin up these steps. In front of him, it seems like people are just shying away from him. And you can't quite pinpoint why, but you get just this sense of this blazing hot fury from him. He goes up and up and up, almost hundreds of feet in this stairwell. And then it opens up suddenly. And you're on top of this, like, 75-foot wide bridge. And to the right, you can see high tower proper like the merchant district you can see off in the distance the shield wall and way off in the distance the road that leads down to the left you can see the cliffs start to narrow in down to this fairly narrow pass you get the sense of age from the cliff face which is still unnaturally clean like it's not like it's man-made or it's not chiseled 
into the mountain. It's just unnatural. Perfectly smooth walls all the way along the pass as far as you can see. And then this man-made shield wall down below. And then this inner shield that leads from the town to the pass. And then ahead, you can see a large keep rising up from the bridge. Four stories tall. The first three stories seem like they're in fairly good repair, but the fourth level, it's kind of crumbling. And where he's walking up to the bridge, walking towards Hightower, you remember on the side of the bridge, there were several faces that were kind of time-worn and you couldn't quite make out the features. On the side of the keep itself, you just see a large eye carved into the side of the tower that you don't remember seeing before. Friar Benjamin is walking directly towards the keep. You're not entirely sure why. You're not sure what this divine representation of Paylor would want from the keep. Because Sir Gammon's already gone. But there's something in there that he's driving towards. Are there guards in the way? (laughs) You see a handful outside of the gate to the keep itself. Which is just this kind of porticullus that comes down. But it's right now it's down. Because they've heard the screaming and yelling from down below. But they're clearly not sure what's going on. And they see Friar Benjamin, who's bended the keep before. So they're fairly at ease, but they do have this sense that something's wrong coming from Benjamin. Yeah, uh, Quill is going to shout at them. Please, in the name of the gods, please lay down your arms. Several of them, looking at Benjamin, drop their weapons and scatter. But one of them gets this real cocky cant to his posture and brandishes a broadsword. Ziggurat says, uh, mate, you done fucked up. I would uh, put down your arms. You pissed off the guards, literally. As he approaches, this guard readies his weapon. Benjamin still has his weapon kind of behind him in this kind of threatening posture. In this otherworldly voice, you hear him say, Move aside or face the justice of the sun. And the man freezes, but then shakily raises his sword. Story waves goodbye. Benjamin lashes out. And you just see this blood spatter where this guy used to be. (laughs) Well, I told him so. I told him what would happen. Both clap. Weary's before Benjamin stood there shaking when he took Gammon's life. You see no, like no pause. There's nothing left from what there was before. Like he does not pause. He just walks through the remains of this guard. Quill is serious. John takes derisive amusement in the suffering of people who 
don't adhere to good common sense. As Benjamin approaches the porticullis, he holds a symbol of Paylor in one hand and his mace in the other. And you just see this door-shaped area of the porticullis melt. Let's be fair. And he walks. He's not a friar anymore. He is. His title is now beater of ass. (laughs) At that point where the door melts, uh, Story just kind of leans over to which one of her guys is closest and goes. Oh, shit. What did we do? And Quill will take note of that. And And then, yep, it's time to it's time to get in. Friar Benjamin starts leading you first through a door at the back of this kind of short entryway after the porticullis where there's a murder hole above you. You see people up there, but they're not, they kind of look down. You notice that they have a big pot and you're not sure what's in it, but they see Friar Benjamin and they just seem to shrink back. So Quill, why don't you do another religion check for me? That is a 14 total. So you realize that with this presence of the divine, that what people are experiencing is something called a frightful presence. They're experiencing so much power coming off of Friar Benjamin that they're literally too terrified to act. Oh, that's fair. (laughs) But you realize... This is something that should be affecting you and Story and Zigrid, but it's not bothering. Well, we're, now are uh, we just such big assholes that it doesn't bother us? N- no. I... Or like, we got in with Friar Benjamin, so Paylor's okay with us. We got in on this revolution on the ground floor. So Benjamin starts leading you through a series of doors up through different stairwells deeper into the the keep you get up to the third level it opens up into this large kind of like penthouse area it's a large living quarters and you realize this is probably where sir gammon slept he starts walking towards the back of it and everyone do a perception check seven six seventeen Nice. Lizard's putting in work. As Friar Benjamin heads towards the back of this room, you see a vague shadow off to the side, and it lashes out at Friar Benjamin. And suddenly, Friar Benjamin's whole body jerks backwards. And you see this blazing fiery shape of his body rise up out of him and it condenses and is just snuffed out of existence. Oh, that's that's bad. (laughs) And you see blood just pour from his mouth and suddenly you see the shape of a shadow behind him with a blade sticking up through his back into his chest. And the very fabric of the air around you starts screaming. Um, this is some jam. Story starts looking for the jam. 
starts looking for the jam. Quill, in your ear, you hear this really faint, not nearly as loud as you've heard it in the past, whisper. You're going to want to know. And that's where we end our episode for tonight. Uh, Story's looking for the jam. She's done. She wants out. I I think that's probably where we need to close it because we have three and a half hours of audio. Thank you for listening. Anyone who uh, give us a a positive review, a like, a follow, whatever on social media or whatever platform you are following us on. Appreciate it so much. My name is Steve. I'm the GM for In Absentia. This is Mark. I've been Zigrit, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. You can catch me up anytime you watch this show. This is Anne. And I play Dory, the Kenku Rogue. You can find me at, at Crafty Heathen on Twitter or at The Crafty Heathen on Instagram. And this is John. And I'm your good boy who plays Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard. And I can be found at Seasonal Bard on Twitter and just Seasonal Bard here on Twitch. If you want to reach out to us and chat with us, you can find us on Twitter at whatever ats we've mentioned. Or you can check us out at ubergeekmedia.com and see what other hijinks that we as a company are up to. Bye.